All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is sponsored by Manscaped. We're back. It's been a little bit. Tardio had to go party, unfortunately. Uh, it's not unfortunate. It was a great time. He had to yeah. go party. So yeah. that's why he hasn't been here. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, there's a lot going on in the southern portion of Ukraine, which is not super shocking. I guess they've got Abrams as well, but they kind of need them because there's apparently the, the highway of death is now turning into the graveyard of steel pretty graveyard much like I, I don't know if anybody's nicknamed it yet i'm gonna call it the graveyard of steel because it's just yeah, every bad. every chunk of nato supplied armor is just freaking destroyed down there i i don't like saying this or seeing this but it, 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 that is that is true i've seen a lot of well, i've seen a lot of videos I also saw one that we can't share with you guys of a ton of ukrainians that were kaa that were trying to storm a russian position and it's i don't know how verifiable that it's storming a russian position but there is a lot like I could have filled this entire room up of bodies. It was pretty crazy. To be yeah, honest. it was. We'll, it was we'll show you nuts. the first part of the video, and we'll cut it out after that. Before oh, actually, I I took it off your little notes thing. Too. Oh, you already I, did. I didn't even want to like show the first half because it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was like a blanket of men. Yeah, it's oh, it's a lot, gosh. man. But that's that was outside. Now that that report came outside of Klashivka, yeah. but down in the south, the same stuff's going on as well. He thinks, uh, which we'll talk when we get into the mapping, but he thinks that they actually got almost, uh, I don't want to say suckered, but lured. I guess it's kind of the same type word, but lured into an area to where, now I don't want to say the fatal funnel, but kind of drawn in, and then a, mm, I don't know what the word is. I don't even know. It's what I'm a kill zone. They, yeah, set up I, a, they, they set up a giant kill zone. They set up like a brigade sized kill zone and just let it happen. And I think they fell back, to, and we'll cover that all here in just a little bit. But that's a hundred percent. I think what yeah. ended up happening. And Ukraine's just pushing, pushing, and pushing. I when you look have. at like Zelensky, what did you see? What Zelensky did when he went towards DC? No. So Zelensky, Zelensky was saying that he's going to continue this offensive throughout the winter time. And I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to appease the folks in DC because DC is hitting them pretty hard. You know, like a all the politicians here in the States, not to get into politics, but politics does play a little part in it when you're looking at the amount of aid that we're supplying over to Ukraine. And they're like, look, a lot of the Republican Party is now hitting them up and being like, look, man, we've been giving all of this aid. I think Rand Paul was one of the ones I saw like running his mouth the other day. Like we're giving all this aid and we're getting nothing in return. Well, there was a thing I saw. I think it might actually be up here. I didn't do too much research into it. Talking about the fact that we're not the, the money that's been going over to Ukraine hasn't been just going for weapons. They've actually been giving cash to subsidize small businesses, and buying seed and fertilizer. I put my UW hat on for that. It, I'm going to put my it, UW hat okay. on for that, man. Yeah, unconventional warfare, ladies and gentlemen. I, I believe the United States is absolutely um, buying the stuff in order to, to fund the partisan party as well as like provide some of that, that stuff. And when we talk about some of this other stuff that's happening inside Russia, St. Petersburg had a massive blackout last night. Massive blackout. Yeah, I didn't even find that anywhere, to be truthful. I didn't see that anywhere. So I, I got it, bro. It. I, I pulled up an article. It. I came across it looking through my daily amount of crap. But, yeah, not, not a lot of information has come out on it yet. But what the people are saying, and we'll touch, you know, what the people are saying, I guess we'll start there in St. Petersburg. So okay. what the people are saying in St. Petersburg is that there was a explosion with a massive flash of light overhead. And then a couple minutes later, all the power went out. That was the airport outside of St. Petersburg. Now, St. Petersburg is about 900, mi or 900 kilometers outside of Ukraine. And the word on the street is Ukraine does not have the ability to launch that type of attack that deep into Russia with a drone. They don't have the ability for an unmanned aircraft to go that far inside of Ukraine. Now, if you put your tinfoil hat on for a second, the conspiracy theorists are now saying that, well, because the U.S. government's getting involved in Starlink, 
that possibly Starlink was moved over that area to allow those drones that extra capability to go in and hit St. Petersburg so deep with an EMP to knock everything out. And they're saying that it's they're looking at diminishing nuclear capabilities inside of Russia by doing things like this. And I mean, all of it. Let me see if I can pull up that article because it one of the uh, so here we go. Mystery surrounds power outage. Oh, no, screw those trackers. Mystery surrounds power outage outside of major Russian city. St. Petersburg Airport and the surrounding areas were hit by temporary powder outages, and the residents reported hearing a loud sound and a bright flash, according to the local telegram channels. What people are saying is that it was an EMP, either launched really? fire drone, whatever, that knocked out all of St. Petersburg. Knocked it out. Because the airport was shut down and out of commission. None of the traffic lights were working. And all these things are set up on backup generators. Like, a lot of backup gens going throughout most of these major urban areas. So let's say you knocked out the main power grid. Those those generators should be running as well. But none of it was operational. Nothing. It was a complete and total blackout. Everything was blacked out over St. Petersburg. Everything. So... If that was launched from Ukraine, now that needs to have additional outside help in order to make that happen. They're saying it could have came from the Black Sea, it could have came from here, it could have, whatever. Either way, it's outside of Ukraine's current operational capabilities. So it had to have been outside help if Ukraine launched that attack. Which is interesting because that major airstrike that took place in Crimea less than a week ago, right? That airstrike that hit Crimea with the cruise missile got launched from a Russian aircraft. But again, the guidance package that was in there was not, like, the Ukrainian aircraft didn't have the ability. So there was somebody, there was uh, research that I saw that at the same time a U.S. aircraft took off from, I want to say it was Romania, and actually went up at the same time that that, that Ukrainian aircraft did. And it's, it's assessed that the NATO aircraft, the U.S. aircraft, was supplying the guidance once Ukraine launched the freaking cruise missile. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So we, it looks like we may now currently be aiding Ukraine with military operations, if that's the case, if Ukraine doesn't have the ability. So there's a chance that America helped in taking out all the electrical grid inside of Russia. And yes, inside St. Petersburg. And there's no way that they're going to be able to prove that. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, they're not going to be able to prove that at all. Nope. Same thing with the cruise missile. I mean, there's speculation that you can see, like speculation will go into that, that, that we're helping escalate and step things up to kind of knock Russia back a little bit. But the interesting part, when you combine that and you start looking at that that article that you found that goes to the um, uh, buying up the grain along with a lot of the fertilizer and things like that from the farmers, I think all of the reason they're doing that, let's find that article real quick. I think I, I, I'm, it wouldn't be too shocking to me if they were actually doing that. And I'm just I'm more curious as to why. I know I don't think it was that one. Oh, no. yeah, it was that one. There it is. This is it. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so 60 Minutes has discovered the U.S. is financing more than weapons in Ukraine. The government is buying seeds and fertilizers for farmers, paying the salaries of 57,000 first responders and subsidizing small businesses. I feel like the seed, fertilizer, and all that that they're talking about going in there goes a little bit deeper. So a lot of people know that you can buy fertilizer, and it has to be the right fertilizer, right? Like yeah, you can when it, it comes to ammonium nitrate, we tried outlawing ammonium nitrate in Afghanistan, and then they discovered that you can actually switch over to a different one. Um, urea nitrate, and as long as the nitrate content is above 33%, you can actually turn it into an explosive. So that's the key. It's got to be above 33%. Not trying to teach people how to make bombs or anything on this channel, but your nitrate content has to be above 33%. And urea nitrate, while it's not as reactive as ammonium nitrate, if you grind your urea down, Bob's your uncle. So pretty, pretty crazy. Now, use that information as you will. 
that's actually what tannerite's made out of. I don't know if you know that. It's mm. made out of ammonium nitrate. It's just ammonium nitrate and aluminum powder. And when you mix it together, it's actually an explosive called anal, A-N-A-L, ammonium but you nitrate need and aluminum heat powder. heat and pressure to set it off. Correct. Yeah. I don't know. Really random. You guys probably don't need to know all this, but it's all it's all knowledge so that you I, can find I th- on. I think what's actually happening is the U.S. government's using this to mask um, some more aid and support going into Ukraine, helping out some of those partisan forces. When I put my UW hat on, they need food, they need explosives, they need everything else. And I think using this as a perfect guise for the U.S. government to be able to buy that up, get those first responders and everybody in their system and start moving things down the channel. That's what I believe. That's I what I think like, I think it's pretty smart. Absolutely. I think it's extremely smart, especially if they're able to hide it the way they are. I mean, Absolutely. if they're putting money into fertilizer and farmers and paying the salaries of these farmers, paying the salaries of, of, of whom is are these, these, these quote-unquote farmers? Because at that point, you can just pay a little a little tiny militia at that point. <laughs> I just thought it out. How do you think it's done, man? I'm not saying that's how it's done, but how do you think it's done? You know what I mean? That's that's exactly how he mass like inside though. of it. And that's probably now the U.S. government's never going to admit to that. No, it's yeah. fine. Let, let 60 it, Minutes put their thing about yeah. us. And it's going to piss off a lot of Americans. who be like, oh, my God, we're, we sh- our borders are wide open. We Yes, that's all true. We know that. It's actually kind of crazy right now if you guys see those videos. We got yeah. we got homeless in the streets. But then you're like, all right, but this money was kind of used for this. But it was really actually used for this. And no one's ever going to talk about it. No, they're not. They're not. And so. when you look at things like this on face value, it, it looks like a really good wholehearted thing. Like, hey, we're helping people out. No, nah, screw that. I'm pretty sure we're just funding the war effort in a different way now. That's great. That's fine. I mean, fund yeah. it because, you know, these guys, that'd be kind of good. The, the only thing that it would probably make it a bit better if we actually have like actual dudes on the ground that was help facilitating it all, which I don't think that's a possibility because we can't actually. I, I read I read something, by the way. I forgot the God, I keep forgetting about stuff because I read so much about this stuff. There's a, there's, we're starting to, what are we doing in our, in, in Germany? We're actually starting to help facilitate um, Ukraine soldiers at, inside of Germany. What's our, what's our place in Germany? What's well, there's a lot of them. No, the, the, the hospital that, that everybody was getting sent to after uh, they get injured. Not, was you, it Homefelds? I no. thought it was with an H, I thought. Homefelds? I think it was. Anyway, I think I, w- I read an article about that as well, that they were starting to actually help wounded Ukrainians probably soldiers inside of Germany probably they were actually airlifting them out to there probably so I mean I, I wouldn't doubt that at all I mean all those Ukrainian hospitals and, and the Russian ones too remember when the war first kicked off up over in the north going into Belarus like even those were filled with Russian soldiers like all those hospitals have to be slammed over there with the amount of wounded that's <laughs> taking place because you could, I mean you could you could times three or times four or times five wounded depending on what's going on like with the numbers above KIA but again, Ukraine's not releasing the amount of KAI. Neither's Russia. No. So each side is just estimating what it is. And we already talked about why those estimates aren't accurate because you have ground force commanders that are saying, hey, my unit killed 50 Russians today. In reality, it could have been two or three or it could have been you know times three that number, but they just don't know. They're estimating on the ground based on artillery strikes, direct fire kills, all that crap. So it's just all estimates. But what's in the hospital, you can just multiply that number for wounded. Well, you know what, guys? Your face is the first thing that people see when you guys walk through the door. So give them something good to look at, and that's Manscaped Handyman. For me, being able to shave up to three days' worth of growth without the mess of traditional shaving is priceless. With Handyman's skin-safe technology to help you reduce nicks, cuts, when you guys can finally feel confident about when you guys are going to have that close shave you are looking for. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness make this thing perfect for travel to on the go 
And for my fellows with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. Featuring their signature series Beard Hedger, this thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. This cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you guys 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I use this thing every other day. It is the absolute powerhouse for my face. I'm going to tell you, you guys need it. You guys need to be putting this thing to your face. It'll be linked in the very top of the description. You need to check that thing out. I absolutely love it. That's right. Face grooming doesn't need to be hard, guys. Get 20 different beard lengths with just one guard. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of travel size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and strong motor. And gets going. Trust me, gents. You can't go wrong with any of these options. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPEAK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with code SPEAK and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code SPEAK. Hit that refresh button with Handyman. I'm telling you guys, we link for the description. Thank you so much to Manscaped for sponsoring this episode. Remember, code SPEAK, 20% off and free shipping. Why wouldn't you want to give it a shot? All right. Like if, if you don't. You don't have a dedicated set of balls. Can I say balls? Oh yeah, you can. These people, they're, 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 I love Manscaped because they allow you to say anything. If, if you, you don't want. have a dedicated set of balls trimmers these days, like what are you doing with Dude. your life, man? Have, I, have I given you some of theirs? No. So their ball trimmers that I use literally, I use it last night. It has a light on the end of it, so you can prop your leg up on the wall or whatever you want to do it, and you can click it on, and it's. It also has an airplane mode, so, so when it's going through, it's like what going you're telling me is the guys with genital wards can see it coming yeah, and can avoid you, them. You can avoid them. Yeah, hey. oh, it's good for you. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, have genital wards. Yeah, he's fine. I don't know. I'm just no, throwing I that out. No, there. I don't. I, I actually have some. Do you want some? I'm at, hey, keep, yeah, keep your music. I'm gonna go get you something. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Where's where's the? Yeah. I'm just gonna wait. I'll just edit this. Oh man. Uh, where's where's the little clicker? All right, so while Rob's digging for that, we're going to go over here. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that's going on on the front lines right now because it's, it's getting it, it's getting pretty unreal. If you look what ISW is putting out, I'm about to pull up some ISW reports for you guys. Um, what's going on in the south as well as what's going on out in the east of the country are, are pretty telling of the situation that we've been talking about that Ukraine might be falling into, and I think it's actually – kind of coming to fruition for um, the Russians and the Ukrainian forces that are on the ground. So let me go ahead and pull up over here to the uh, ISW screen for you guys. Do to do. All right. So here you can see on the screen, Russian forces continue to expand significant combat power on counterattacking to hold their current positions and appear to be resisting the operationally sound course of action of falling back to prepare defense positions further to the south. So let's pull up this interactive map, and I'm going to show you what they're talking about over here. So as we know, over the last couple weeks, Russia has been moving tons of troops down into this area. They've been pulling them from the west, they've been pulling them from the south, and in Crimea, and they've been moving them out from the east as well. And they've been forming them all down here in the south. Now, Russia has been countering attack, counterattacking quite a bit on the Ukrainian forces, and the Ukrainians have repelled them quite a bit. Uh-oh, Rob's back. I am back. I wanted to. I wanted to give you this. This is actually oh. just just to you. Oh, thanks. Buddy. It is not a ball trimmer, but I do have. I had some extra back there. Is it used? No, it's not used. But that's the one that we were just promoting a second ago. Look how. Cool oh, really? Yeah, look at it. It has a uh, twenty different things on. It. Like, just roll that thing right there. The thing in the middle. No, no, roll that the little this little finger thing, like roll it back and forth. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, look at that. Oh, that's pretty cute. Yeah. 
That's nice, actually. I wonder if I should save that to show that on camera. I never even showed that. Yeah, you should. This is nice. <laughs> I never even showed that. Ooh. That was powerful. Hey, let me see that thing. You know, Look, what, they, you know what? You know what? Manscaped would be smart. I'm not saying they should do this. What's that? But what they would be smart to do is if they rounded this off, because when you turn this on, ah, you can. And if it, they waterproofed ah. it, you know what I'm saying. Ah. I'm not suggesting. Or that they could have an attachment that's more round. You can just stick on the end. Oh, that's pretty good. Manscaped, you could be making. Hire me as an engineer. Oh, let me see that thing. Right. Oh, right. it, it, seriously, look at this thing. This is what I'm talking about. Look at it. See how cool it is? And you just go. Anyway, I should probably keep this one because we probably need to actually show it on camera. I never even showed it. Yeah. Anyway, pretty nice, huh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. They're actually really nice, yeah. Uh, I like go, the case, too. Go, go back to doing what you're doing. I, I got you switched back over on that screen. Go <laughs> All right. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Uh, just like talking about, uh, you know, manly things. We've been talking about a lot of manly things lately. Okay, so, yeah, we know they've been pulling them all now. Russia has been counterattacking in several areas down here over the last several days, and Ukraine's done a really good job of repelling them. But at the same time, and we're going to show you the videos in a minute, this place has turned into a sea. I mean, quite literally a sea of destroyed armor. All of this down here in this blue area, there's nothing but a bunch of destroyed armor everywhere you look. Now, interesting enough, Ukraine has been able to advance in and around the Verbov area. Now, we do have a video that we can't, unfortunately can't show. I yeah. asked, we, we went over it. It's just, no. it's not going to fly. But Ukraine has kind of made this tiny little foothold. And when you read some of the reports, I think I read one from the Kiev Independent that said, hey, just because we have this area doesn't mean we actually have a foothold. And in that video yeah, I saw, they're in smart. there and they are fighting. But the, there's there's no there's none of the stuff that like we saw in Robotny, right, with some of the drone footage. You know Ukraine has the drone footage and they're not releasing it probably for a reason because I don't feel like they've been able to make any significant gains. We talked about this being in a huge funnel, like a huge federal funnel or a huge kill zone. Um, this little area, if they're not able to open up wider now, they were able to penetrate coming down. That suggests that they were able to knock out some of these trench lines that are now under Ukrainian control and they're down this village. But what I fear that Russia actually did was because it took Ukraine so long is that they moved a lot of their troops up in Verbov because they know this is the weak point that if Ukraine takes Verbov, then they can push down this line and essentially circumvent taking all these lines on from head on. These defensive lines are made, you know, to take from head on. They're not made to take from the flanks very well. So likely what Russia did was pushed in and established a big front line in there with tons of troops. And Ukraine's trying to attack all of these hundreds, if not thousands of troops that are likely in Verbov now. Um, and they're not able to really get such a good foothold. And so it's, again, just turning into a big kill box for them. And they're just getting hammered. Well, so on the, I also want to let you know on the western side of Robotny, there's actually been a little bit of I, – I, I've seen some aerial footage. You know, on the, on, I'm not going to talk about Verbov. I'm talking about Robotny. On the western side, so all that's a little bit of high ground, by the way, all through there. Mm -hmm. It's a, it, I'm gonna say high ground. We're gonna call them. It's high ground for this area. It's just rolling hills type stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I do know that they have started to push a little bit inside of this area because I saw some. I did see some aerial footage of this. It's geo confirmed to be from this area. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say that it's anything substantial, because as you can tell, even on this mapping, which they're always gonna be left leaning, or I say left leaning, leaning more on the Ukrainian side here, that. It's not even showing to do amount to anything. So okay. So what did you see? What did you see? What did I? So up on that same area where you're looking there, right there, um, right from, here. Yeah, just literally that whole area. They did start try attempting to push through there. The Ukrainians have, mm -hmm. and it did not pan out as greatly as what one could imagine. But they did take that little tiny yellow piece. I would I would say that's it's getting close to being confirmed. So they are attempting to push from multiple sides in here. I just know that that area does have high ground. So that's why I think why it's been a little bit slower. And I, I also don't think this area. Uh, okay, so we, we know the Abrams are coming in. 
Yeah, the Abrams arrived in country. They admitted the Abrams, Abrams are there. They didn't say how many Abrams. 31. Well, we know they have 31, yeah, I don't know how but many we don't there. know how many arrived. I talked earlier this month. I said it's expected. I think it was 10 was oh, the number, man. was the first round. But So 10. I, I, how many times do I got to tell you guys this? 10 is not going to do anything. 10 mm-hmm. is like nothing more than the Biden administration using it as a headline to say that they sent Abrams to to Ukraine. They're, that They literally have not done anything by that. I'm going to just be real. They, they didn't do anything. 10 Abrams are, is not going to... You couldn't even take the town I live in with 10 Abrams. No. Here in town. You couldn't even... It wouldn't even happen. I can't cover enough terrain. No. And the, we, well, they would also run out of fuel before it even got anywhere. That's the other thing. I think there's going to be a logistical nightmare with those things because they burn so much fuel yep. to get anywhere. Yep. And they're going to transport them down all the way down probably just north of here to Zaporizhia itself. And then they got to drive them down. And it's just going to... The amount well, of fuel... I mean, just, they are likely... <laughs> I mean, they are likely to load them up on the back of a flatbed and drop That's them off I'm somewhere saying. back They're in this white space and then drive them in. But even then, We're still gonna get you know, targeted. the old school range I heard on Abrams was somewhere around 50 miles. It's not was far. the old school range. But they, they beefed it up now, and I want to say it's somewhere between like 150 to 200, something there. Okay. But but even then, that's all dependent on terrain and how much they use and all that other crap. How and long they're, they're sitting there, how long they're idling. Right, if they're idling, all that, it takes five yeah, gallons to, of to fuel just on. to start yeah. the damn thing up. So, so it's, it's going to take a while. Taking them down there, so it is a logistical nightmare. But they do have plenty of fuel, right? They do have plenty of fuel because they've been running leopards and challengers and everything else down there. So I assume that they have plenty of fuel in that area. But all those are getting freaking torn up. Torn up. Yeah. This whole place is just turning into a giant kill zone, which is really sad to say. It really is. And everybody that was like, "Hey, you know, I've read, I've, I've been reading your guys's comments. Just FYI, I have been reading your comments, and I, and I hear some of you guys saying that, look." Ukraine doesn't need to take Tokmok. It doesn't need to break through these lines because they have artillery and they're getting better in the air. And you know, I get that. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to hold the terrain. No, you have, have to, to have boots on the well, ground. That doesn't make any sense. Your comments is not like they have to be able to push somewhere. Like they have to be able to push somewhere. So to get through to some of these areas, they're going to have to take towns like Verboth or they're going to have to take small towns to get through these lines. It has to happen. There's literally look, look at the map. There's no way for them to push south without taking a town. They have to. They have to take a town somewhere or another. You know why? The towns have the main roads. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. In these smaller, I'm not going to say third world type countries, this portion of Ukraine, I would literally say it's probably no 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 better than Mex- certain parts of Mexico. It's, it's pretty 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 it's, country, man. Yeah, it's pretty. It's they, pretty there's just not really much down. So you have to go through those main roads, which is going to be, of course, through the main cities or villages. Mm-hmm. And like I talked about too, you know, here and not too long from now, the weather is going to start changing if it hasn't already. And once that area starts getting muddied up, those tanks, everything else, somebody had commented, look, all they got to do is like blast one line. And once they get that through, then they can open it up. People are asking, well, why don't you hammer some of those tank traps with artillery? Why don't you hit them with like, this isn't World War like II. HIMARS and all that crap, and then you can drive them through. Well, the problem is, is when you have that many armored vehicles, you can't shove them all through one point because the ground gets churned up. Then they start throwing track or they bottom out. Think of think of Fort Stewart. Oh, I know. When think of Fort Stewart on pivoting. any of those corners. When yeah, you start you running multiple yeah. track vehicles through, it digs it out, and then they get stuck. Yeah. And so now you've just got now you got a plug. So they've got to they've they have to open that front line in order to get that armor in there. And with the amount of Russian troops that are sitting inside of Verbov, with the amount of Russian troops that are south of Verbov all the way along that line, they kind of need that armor. They absolutely need it in order to support those troops. But the problem is, is that they don't have a wide enough area. And if they keep committing the armor down that same channel, it's going to keep getting struck and it's going to just keep, it's just going to keep piling up. I don't know I, how to so say that. What do you, what do you think if the Ukrainians, because this is clearly to me, this is almost like they're, 
What what is a last uh, last like a last? I don't want to say this. It's not a last stand. This is turning into the crux of their operation for down in the south. This, this is, is like the decision this, point. That's what I'm talking about. It's not. I wouldn't call it a last stand. It's more like it is kind of. I guess you would say a last stand for the American people and maybe the Ukrainians getting more. Because if they're not able to to bust through and actually make any progress and do something significant down in this portion, then what are we gonna? What what? How how are they gonna uh, to come over and preach? Yo, we need some more stuff. Well, we keep giving you stuff, but you haven't been able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, you know what I'm saying? Like this is this is almost like their last stand. Like this is our last and hoorah. You, and to you do literally something. have reps from Ukraine right now that are saying, "If you want to see faster progress, come fight it your damn self." Were the Americans? If we went there and fought this, I don't think like if we went, to, this would be a two week job max. I don't know about it. I think you're underestimating that a little bit. How about how I'll give it a month? I, I, how about a month max? Let's uh, no man. If we brought look, in our full forces, it would not take that long. Yeah, if our military was at full strength yes. and we had logistical capabilities to move everything in. Yeah, absolutely. We'd be able to knock that out. But like right now, the U.S. military is weak. It's very weak. It's I, weak. I agree 100 percent with that. Yes, it is. It's very weak, and the U.S. military is used to these operations that we've been fighting. For, and I'm not sitting here trying to like blow. I'm being real. The U.S. military has been fighting counterterrorism operations, which is completely different than conventional operations. <laughs> yeah. It's totally different yeah, than conventional yeah. operations. Yeah, you know, we have people that are used to eating steak and lobster and, and getting a freaking ice cream on Friday nights and having a hot shower. Let's be real. That's not what Ukraine's dealing with. Yeah. It's not. You know what I'm saying? And, and you're not going to be able to rotate troops back home and fly like all that crap's out the window. I guess all I of it's out the window. I guess I just kind of like what's what's that meme where everybody's deployment uh, is uh, you know the one your 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 experiences <laughs> may vary. Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah, 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 percent. Yeah. So even U.S. combat well. vets that are out there being like, "Oh, bro, like I know what the hell I'm talking." You, you know, don't. It's, it's this really, is a yeah. different fight. This is a totally different fight. Now, you might have had some tough battles, you know, like the U.S. military did fight some pretty damn tough battles yeah, back yeah. in the day. And there has been, like, little pockets of it over time, but nothing on this scale. Exactly. And it's naive to think otherwise. Yeah, I know. You're, you're correct. I just, it's just, I don't know. So oh. so that's what's happening in Verbov, Robotny area. It's it's just, look, you, you'll see a lot of people that are posting on, you know, IG, on Twitter, on the Telegram channels. Look at all these great things Ukraine's doing, and all that's great. But it's like, uh, you know, like it's it's like when people say scoreboard, you know what I mean? Look like at the scoreboard. Yeah. Look at the scoreboard. The scoreboard right now is saying that Russia is holding strong and they're doing a very dang good job of it. They're for holding this, strong. For the last two weeks, yeah. I would agree with that yeah. 100%. And it's not just us saying that. ISW is also saying that. Russia mm-hmm. is holding very strong in that area and is doing a very good job of countering attacks. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying Do that. Do you agree with my statement, though? What's that? That this is pretty much... All they have. I, th- I think this is the crux, man. If it, it, it doesn't like, work. Let's, I mean, back out, look at the map. Back out and look at the map. You have everything over here. All of this red is Russian-occupied Ukraine. Everything in red. Even Crimea. I know people are like, hey, there was a referendum. It's BS. All of it's BS. We all know it's BS. This is the scoreboard right now. This. Quite literally, this is the scoreboard. And if Ukraine does not, and if I zoom out and we look at this, this is what we're paying for as U.S. taxpayers. This right here. And this is what our politicians are looking at, saying like this little tiny area, that's it. That's what they're pissed about. That's it. And I'm not saying that from a propaganda standpoint. I'm just telling you the reality on the ground here in this country when it comes to support. And and yes, Ukraine might not need U.S. support. I'm sure they're going to continue fighting without it, but it's going to no, make it 1,000 times harder without it. It, it will. They're not going to, like, I'm going to be truthful. So, like, everybody watching would probably agree. There's absolutely zero chance that Ukraine will make any substantial, if any, gains at all without U.S. support. So, it I won't th- happen. Now, 
I think what Russia did was actually kind of smart, like from a tactical standpoint, from a tactical point of view, they did fight over Robotnia. I think the reason they fought so hard up in this area was they were waiting on the influx of those troops to start coming in. Because if you noticed, a lot of this train started getting gained right after all of Russia troops started moving in. So a lot of this train started getting gained after the Russian troops started moving in. Once they all kind of moved in, Russia fell back to these fallback positions and just waited. They sat there, they hammered on Ukrainian forces, and they waited. And now that Ukrainian forces are there, they're getting freaking hammered. Let me see. Here is, pull this up. You got us up on dual screen already? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so these are Russian troops with Ukrainian guys loaded in the back of a truck down in the remote in the area. Okay. Not super shocking. We can't That's show That's the that video, video we can't show. Here's a leopard tank destroyed. Down in the same area. Now, one leopard tank is is it is what it is, but there's lots of it that's down there. Yeah. If you don't believe me, look it up. Look up the just type in. Most of the people that are watching this, they don't want to want to know. Type in Robotnik and, and go and look at it. It's all in there. It's it's a lot of it. So don't don't hate on it. I'm just trying to give you guys facts. So you don't get like seriously butthurt when stuff doesn't start going their way. So Ukraine, do I think they have the ability to make a breakthrough in Verbov? Yeah. And as, again, my same assessment stands that. Maybe if they're lucky, before winter sets in, they take Verbov because the amount of troops that moved in. This is a different fight. Make no mistake about it. Verbov is a different fight than Robotnia. Totally different fight. Totally different fight. Now, that same technique that they used down here, they also used, let me back out of here. It looks like they also used over here in Klashivka. So when we look at Klashivka, I think Russia is essentially switching tactics because what happens is battlefield evolves. Tactics evolve. Battlefield evolves. Tactics evolve. If you use the same thing, no plan survives first contact, right? Everybody yeah. knows that. And I think what happened was they had this defensive strategy in place, and they were like, all right, it worked down in Robotnia. Let's try it in Klashivka. So the Russian troops moved back. There's a rail line on, like, the northeastern portion of that town. They kind of moved back, held their positions there, and bam, the same thing happened where that video that we were just talking about with all the dead UAF, mm -hmm. same thing happened there. And so I think Ukraine felt like it had some good momentum. I think they're going to push from command to start taking terrain because of the pressure from Washington and a lot of the NATO countries. They started pushing, and they fell right into that trap. I think Ukraine was wise. I think the soldiers knew what waited ahead of them. They still got pushed politically. They made those pushes, and they got slammed. I think that's what happened, and we see that little territorial gain down in Verbov. Have you? Uh, can you pull up the? I want to. I want to. I want the people to get some good news at least. Well, I know they, they the strikes down of Crimea. They did kill pretty high Russian. Um, where is it? Yeah, right there. That was the one. Yeah, a Sea Fleet commander, Black Sea Fleet commander, was killed in attack. Just this was this just came out a couple minutes ago, as as we were making this. Well, so, I mean, it's been out for a while. This is this this, is, this occurred on Friday. But this is actual like. For yeah. sure, verification that it was because yeah. I mean, I, no one could actually verify that it would happen. But if, if you're reading through there, 34 yeah. were killed during that missile strike, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So Ukraine claimed that the commander of Russian's Black Sea Fleet, Admiral Sokolov, yeah. was killed in a missile strike in Sevastopol on Friday. The Ukrainian Special Operations Forces said in a social media update on Monday that he was among the 34 killed during the missile strike on the Black Sea Fleet headquarters. They also claimed that 105 of the other occupiers were injured. Now. Last week, we also talked about this, that there was a lot of people down in that area that were fleeing. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. of the impending strike. 
And we had talked, which I think is great on the Ukrainian side, that those partisans are actually working in conjunction with some of the Russians that are on the ground because that's what they do. Those partisans, they go in, they link up with those people that are on there, how we talked about them taking them out for drinks and everything else, and they gather intel. And they get intel about who's on the ground. So they find the people that are working in those places, they figure it out, they gather that intelligence, and they kick it up the chain, and then you see attacks like this happen. And I think that's exactly what happened. Well, I just wanted to bring this up. I know it happened last Friday. But now we have a first, we have an actual verification of it and additional 34 men that were actually killed during the strike. This is, I mean, that's a pretty decent blow to the, to the Black Sea fleet. But the thing is, is I would rather them go after probably not the Black Sea fleet guys. We probably should be going after maybe, I don't know, probably the guys on the ground inside of Tokmok. Well, I think what they're doing is trying to show to Russia because there's a lot of, and we've shown it on this channel, there's a lot of talk on the Russia propaganda side about them using like nuclear arsenals and crap like that. And yeah. A lot of them are from subs and, you know, whatever. And they're starting to knock them out, being like, you guys want to talk about talk? You want to play that game? We'll hit you on your home turf and we'll start, we'll start killing yeah, we'll start swacking these dudes. I think that's actually pretty decent. Yeah, I kind of like that take. Yeah. Uh, actually, I kind of like that take. That's a good take. I think that's what happened. That's a pretty good take. So we'll likely see Russia hopefully calm down on that talk about going out and freaking doing that no, type of stuff. I, I, I just I had a video that I was – it's the same thing over and over again, so I didn't want to share it. It, I it literally didn't have a piss them off, didn't it? No, yeah, it, didn't, it literally did nothing because the guy was now talking about the fact <laughs> – is this so funny? You said that's going to – tame him he actually escalated a little bit he said that he wanted to go and start targeting all the americans on all the american bases across the world because there were so many of them It'd be very easy to start striking fear in the americans knowing that they can be hit anywhere and anytime and he was this is okay so this i get it and everybody that out there <laughs> is like hey you know because there's a lot of people that watch this channel they're like hey matt's a russian propagandist you know yeah, like hey not. kiss my ass number one okay yeah. because the russians if you didn't know this in afghanistan were actually paying the taliban for killing american troops there was a bounty that Russians put on like U.S. troops' heads for killing us. Did you know that? Uh, no, I, I mean, yeah, I, it's I a fact. Know. The Russians were doing that type hmm. of crap. And I, I, I do not support Russia in, in any way, shape, or form. I think they're dirty as hell. Now, I do see eye to eye with Russia on several things, like killing terrorists. Right. Well, now, they're about to get our teeth kicked in, right? We didn't. Oh, we we're going to talk about it. Yeah, well, we they're about them. to go. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because toe I, to toe. I, I love it. About it's, to happen. Yeah, and it's like there's a. Yeah, here, the French pulled out of Niger, on. Saturday, I think it was. They removed everybody. And in Mali, this is great. They declared war on the Wagner PMC and are launching. Hey, go make that video big. They're launching safaris against them, which I don't know what a safari would be, but I guess maybe hits. I don't. They're loading down their freaking. They're loading down their Hiluxes, man, and they're going after them. So there was a report that the UN did cause, calling it like one of the the latest like massive like the newest massacre of all freaking time that took place back in I want to say it was March of this year over in Mali where Wagner troops were involved um, because you know they're waging war on Al Qaeda just kind of like we are at the yeah. same time right they're, they're against terrorists like Moscow has been attacked so they're going out and finding them and targeting them only we vary on which troops because let's be real both the United States government and the freaking the, the Kremlin both support different terrorist organizations, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And which it's whichever one wants to advance our own freaking agendas. They screwed up because they went into a village, took over it. And then they held their own, uh, non extra judiciary killings, if you will, ended up schwacking 500 locals, wiping them off the planet. The Wagner Wagner. Did. Oh, good. And so I think this is kind of Look the progression this. of that, that can the I locals just, are pissed off about this and they're going out. Can I just say, you see the dishkas on the back of those trucks? Yeah. Now, I saw another one, another 
uh, a huge convoy of these freaking Hiluxes moving out. And there was probably, I estimated, because I honestly didn't want to sit there and count every vehicle, but there was probably close to about 80 plus vehicles. And if you estimate just five people per pickup truck, you're still looking at under a thousand guys that are like marching on these dudes. You know what I mean? But it's freaking impressive the amount that they're mobilizing going after him. Look at, I'm just, it's, it, oh God, if Toyota knew that they were, they're like the, the, the kings of terrorism trucks. Oh, they do. Like, they know <laughs> it. They, they know like, it, man. Oh my God. They know it. It's and truthfully, like if I could buy a Hilux here in the States, I would 100% buy yeah. one, man. I, I would ditch every vehicle I have and just get a freaking fleet of Hiluxes myself. That place looks pretty miserable, though. That does look incredibly miserable. I mean, that place looks like miserable as all it could be. I guess that's probably a, a, what you would call a base. I see, a, I saw like a, a wall on the backside. God, that looks miserable. Just yep. straight yeah, mud and technical sand. Technical right there. Yeah. Yeah, they're all about that life, man. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's a huge wall right there. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. We'll see what wall. happens. I think Wagner's about to get his poo-poo pushed in uh, pretty hard. This is, well, I mean, I have nothing to do with it, so yeah. it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just going to be hanging out watching the Wagner get the teeth kicked in by Al-Qaeda and whoever else is going to be fighting against them. Yep. Well, that's what we got, man. That's exciting. What a good day. I'm glad that you guys are excited to be back and kicking with us. Um Anyway, yeah, I guess we'll see you guys tomorrow with another episode. I've got a matter of fact, I actually have a phone call coming in. So I'm going to take this. I will see you guys later.